Welcome to Mary's Cup of Tea, the self-love podcast for women. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski, an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that will inspire you to love yourself. Hello, self-lover. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. Thousands of people have this book and the five-star reviews are so amazing. They give me so much life. So I hope that this is something that can help you too. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com slash book. After releasing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I realized that we really needed something to keep us going every single day. So not a deep dive workbook, but maybe like a micro dose of self-love in your daily life, which is why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love. It's a guided journal with, you guessed it, 100 prompts that cover so many areas of life, including body, identity, purpose, emotions, mindset, relationships, and more. So you can really think of it as a metaphorical multivitamin, something to keep you going, or as I like to say, growing on your self-love journey. You can get this journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. It's my mission to share all the self-love tea with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can do just that. Think about the last time that you were rushing to get out the door. Maybe you were running late for work or to meet a friend, (laughs) trying to get to where you're going and get there on time. But is it just me or are those also the exact times that you end up smudging your mascara, spilling your coffee, hitting all the red lights? (laughs) For some reason, the more I rush, the more slowed down I get by the randomest, silliest things And they only end up leaving me even more frustrated. And on top of that, I generally don't arrive that much earlier than I would have had I not rushed. I don't know about you, but when I get into my car and I turn on my GPS and Siri says that it's going to take me 22 minutes to get to where I'm going, I make it my personal mission to make it in 18 minutes. I have a whole superiority complex around beating the time the GPS tells me that it's going to take to get somewhere. And I don't know what it is. I'm not necessarily proud of this, but it's also not a healthy or productive way to live your life. I mean, we do this rushing in small ways and also in big ways, like when it comes to processing or lack of processing our emotions. We tell ourselves, you need to get over it, move on. Why is it taking me so long? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I so tired all the time? I should be this. I should be doing more of that. And all of these stories that we tell ourselves where we limit the time that we have, even though you have time, it's just a matter of, are you willing to spend that time on yourself trusting that time is going to expand to accommodate for everything that's important? Or are you going to rob yourself 
of your precious time for the sake of giving it to somebody else. And I get that sometimes we don't have the privilege or luxury of telling our bosses or teachers that I need more time to complete this thing. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't meet deadlines or be a reliable human being, but I think that the more we rush and push ourselves to go faster through life, the more we actually end up stunting our growth and getting stuck in minutia, really focusing on these nitty gritty, unimportant things like beating the GPS estimated time of arrival instead of getting to where I'm going safely. And I think this is a huge metaphor for life because if we want inner peace, we must slow the fuck down. Slow the fuck down. I wish I could make this the title of this episode, but I was afraid that it would get flagged on the internet. So we went with the power of slowing down because these days in a modern society where our lives are a lot about having more and doing more and being more, I think this more, it tends to congest our lives and actually limit us. Pressing pause is a powerful way to play. I hope you can notice the allegory in that pressing pause is also a powerful way to play because when you pause, you breathe. And when you breathe, you harness your power. I think the power of the pause is underestimated and underused. And it's also very misunderstood because there's a lot of misconceptions that go with it, right? Like, for example, the negative connotations behind pausing, especially when it comes to like taking a break and resting, we think that if we pause, we're stopping and we associate stopping as giving up and being a failure. I used to have a friend who would say, Mary, (laughs) rest before you're tired. You have to rest before you're tired. I played pickleball four times last week and my hips and ankles were hurting. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if only I had just taken one day off and played three times. I'm in the pickle cult in case you're in it too. I'm obsessed with pickleball lately, but it's also something that I feel in my body, you know? And I started reading articles about like how to prevent injury in pickleball because it is the fastest growing injury in the U.S. And one of the top things that physical therapists are saying is just don't play as much. Allow your body to recover in between the times that you play. This goes for any sport before you get the injury or before you're utterly exhausted and burnt out and are forced to take a break by your body. It's better to just be proactive about your rest. Pausing doesn't mean you're stopping. It just means you're taking a break. People associate taking breaks with like being lazy or incompetent or unmotivated or maybe even there's this sense of like timid like you don't have the tenacity to like take risks and go 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 and hustle 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 a pause allows you the time to process to connect to heal your body your spirit your mind and you're also tapping into intuition and focus and direction Instead of rushing through something, 
You want to pause and sit and be and listen. You are not going to hear what your intuition is telling you to do. There are so many answers, so many solutions that could probably come to us rather organically, but we just don't have the time and silence to hear what that inner guidance is telling us. Slowing down allows for our intuition to be fully expressed. Our intuition steers us in a direction that logic and reasoning sometimes can't justify. I've historically, ever since I was a kid, struggled with sleep. Actually, at this point in time, I'm sleeping better than I ever have in my entire life. I don't know why. Could be a couple things. But anyway, I am thinking about bringing on a sleep expert on the podcast so we can talk more about that. But in that interest with like sleep science and and improving the quality of sleep, I also dabble in like dreaming and lucid dreaming in particular. What are we doing this one third of our lives that is so important for brain health, for cognition? talk about pausing. I mean, a sleep is literally like a mini death that we do every day. Like our conscious brain literally has to turn off in order to regenerate. And there's just some insane research done on the importance of sleep and how like if you miss a night of sleep, that's like the equivalent of doing a bunch of drugs or I don't know, sometimes scientists can get a little bit weird with their comparisons and analogies. But regardless, I think we all know sleep is so much more important than the post-industrial world has allowed it to be. So dreams are also very important, though not a lot of scientists have uncovered like what dreaming actually actually is and why it happens to us like from an evolutionary perspective. What I have received from the little bits and pieces of information I've gathered about dream science is that Dreaming is basically your brain processing by piecing together unlikely events, elements, people that you've encountered. When your brain is doing that, it's also tapping into its utmost creativity. That's why after a good night's rest, you wake up with this sense of clarity and peace and like the thing you cried yourself to sleep about the night before isn't as bad as you thought it was, those hours are not only regenerative, but they also let your brain, if you're in deep REM sleep, which is where you have to be in order to dream, your dreams will present to you a certain perspective, a certain way of looking at things that you, in your conscious awake state, simply cannot tap into. Slowing down is how our intuition can be expressed. And a perfect example of that is sleeping and the dream state, if you're lucky. I mean, I have pretty vivid dreams, but not all the time. I always feel extra accomplished when I have funky dreams because I'm like, oh, my brain is coming up with some cool new things, even though it makes no sense to me right now. But something is happening that we don't fully know yet. Even scientists don't know. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good, 
I would add it to my self-love playlist. And now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist. And these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. If you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. Here are some small ways that you can practice slowing down. And I think that this also has a external benefit, like a side benefit of building your self-confidence. Walk slower than you usually do. If you want to appear more confident, practice walking slowly. Confident people don't rush. Confident people take their time and space, right? What does walking slowly let you do? You're not only taking time to get to wherever you're walking to, but you're also taking up physical space because you're spending more time with every step that you take. You can also slow down your speaking by taking a breath in between each sentence. And one thing that's really hard for me to do, especially on this podcast, but I try to tell myself to put a period at the end of a thought. If somebody asks you a question, say you're talking to somebody and they ask you something, take a moment to think before you answer. I think that silence is only awkward if we make it awkward, and actually studies show that it takes the brain about 45 seconds to hear the question, process the idea, and like respond appropriately, but 45 seconds is a long-ass time. Even three seconds. I mean, this is what three seconds feels like. Right now, my brain is like, oh my God, those were the most awkward three seconds of my life. Everybody just stopped listening to this podcast episode because they saw how awkward I was and they lost interest. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to find the perfect thing to say right away. When in reality, if I take three seconds right now to think about what I'm going to say next, it doesn't actually sound that bad. If anything, you on the receiving end had more time to process as well. And a pause signifies that the next thing that you're about to say is pretty damn important. So it's just really fun to like play with the way you speak. And right now as I'm recording this, I feel my nervous system re-regulating itself. Another way to practice slowing down in your daily life is scrolling through social media. Slow down your scrolling. Actually read, actually listen, watch whatever it is that you're consuming. Ideally, we wouldn't be on social media as much anyway, but I think the reality is that we're on it a lot. But if I am going to pull out my phone and look at social media, I try to actually see each person 
that I'm scrolling by because that helps not only remind me that like this is a real human being on the other end and they have something important to say. And if they don't add to my life in any way, why am I following them anyway? Gives you a little bit of time to reflect. It also slows down the dopamine that's hitting your brain. All that news, all those dings, all those red icons that are flooding the home screen of our phones. That is literally on purpose. These engineers, these designers do this so that we get a piece of dopamine every single time we hear that, we see it, we feel it. So by slowing down, you can actually slow down the amount of drugs, like biochemical drugs that are being released in the brain. Speaking of your brain, you can also practice the power of slowing down by thinking slower. This one might sound strange, but a very simple way to practice slower thinking is journaling. Writing is conscious thinking. And out of the thousands of thoughts that we have per day, most of them are just default thought patterns, unconscious thinking. Writing forces you to slow down these thoughts and to think slowly, consciously. That's why with my business, with my team, I actually don't do a lot of meetings. I don't do a lot of Zoom meetings unless absolutely necessary. I try to put everything into an email first. Most things, once you write them out, they cease to be a problem. They cease to warrant a one-hour meeting. In a work or corporate environment, a lot of people get frustrated because there are so many unnecessary meetings that are taking up time in our calendar when it could have been just a Slack or better yet, just an email. So anyway, the point is writing is thinking and you can practice thinking slower by journaling, by getting your thoughts out of your head and onto paper. You already know that I'm a huge, huge proponent of journaling. That's why I came out with a self-love journal called 100 Days of Self-Love that is always available for you. But however you want to write down your thoughts, just try to find some sort of conscious thinking practice in the form of the written word. Lastly, this one is just open to you and whatever you want to do, but there's many activities out there that actually force you to slow down. Things like gardening, yoga, pottery, any kind of art, really. Strolls in the park rather than hot girl walks. I think it's so funny taking my dog Goose out on a walk because he's a big boy and he walks really slow. <laughs> and it makes me and my husband a little bit frustrated sometimes, especially when it's early in the morning. We have shit to do, but our dog is taking his sweet ass time smelling the roses and peeing on bushes. It's just a humbling reminder that the things that feel so important to us are not important to Goose. So we will all be walking at a snail's pace and enjoying the scenery as we harness the power of slowing down against our will. Maybe get yourself a big lazy dog like Goose who spends all day sleeping but also loves a good, long, slow walk. And if you don't have the capacity for a dog or a new hobby, even little things like when you're having dinner with friends... Maybe you linger after the dinner instead of just paying the bill and going on your way. I know it's late. I know we're tired. I know we want to get home and watch TV, 
but sometimes it's it's okay to just like sit and exist with people or sit and exist with yourself. The power of slowing down cannot and should not be underestimated. It's something that I'm always practicing. It's literally the whole theme of my upcoming retreat in Portugal. I picked like a very small, charming fisherman's town, which talk about slow living. People are literally on a different time zone in southern Portugal. Everybody just feels so relaxed and they're just going through life in a much different way than I've ever experienced in the United States. And I think there's a lot to be learned from that. So I'm excited to see what kind of inner peace I can create for myself. And I hope you can go on this journey with me by harnessing the power of slowing the fuck down. One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.